let's be real, I'm unqualified at best, but I'm taking this year to challenge my fears and seek out authenticity through conversation and hopefully some daring vulnerability. The goal, I'm not really sure yet, but I hope to come out of 2022 more connected to myself and my friends and my faith. Welcome to a year of holy interruptions. Come journey with me, or you know, don't. It's really up to you. I've been thinking a lot about COVID this week and someone I love dearly has gotten COVID and I kind of forgot that people were still testing positive. Um, And then randomly, multiple other people in my life tested positive as well. And it's been this really interesting series of events that has brought me to look back on the start of quarantine and the reality of COVID. And it's really interesting to me because I think as a culture, we haven't healed or responded to COVID yet. I think we've all kind of gone into the denial stage that it happened, into the mourning, the losses of loved ones, of experiences, of all sorts of things. And we have not processed this event as a culture. I am just starting to process it as a single member of society who lived it, but it's this huge thing that has hugely impacted us and it's almost as if we're trying to forget it or erase it or just remove it from collective memory and I don't think it's intentional, I think it's a coping mechanism (laughs) that we are so happy to be not where we were that we don't even want to think about what that was and what that was like. But as I've had friends who have tested positive, it's forced me to think back on COVID and on how many losses there truly were and how many surprises came with that. And I have a very different life because of COVID. Um, I ended up moving to Hawaii and the plan was to move to Europe um, and work in the Czech Republic and Slovakia and I'm not doing that anymore and I don't regret it I'm very grateful for the life I live I'm grateful for the opportunities I've had I definitely wouldn't have started a podcast if it weren't for um, the choices that were made due to COVID but it's weird to think about the alternative you know paths and lives I could have lived the people I would have met the people I wouldn't have met Um, And I don't think it's healthy to get caught up in the what ifs because it's not reality and it's it's not um, an option to be living in. But I don't know, it's just been weird to remember. And now that I'm a little bit more removed from the immediate impact of COVID, it's been good for me to mourn um, and to name the losses and um to have lost a lot of my college experience and um graduation and a bunch of things that very very few people understand and to launch into the world when the world is anything but normal is very very odd (laughs) and i was surrounded by a lot of people who were in the same boat at that time 
so it didn't feel so odd. But now that I am in a multi-generational community and surrounded from all sorts of life stages to um, my own life stage, I'm realizing how abnormal my timeline has been because I launched into the world as a young adult um, out of graduation in, into a world that was very unstable. And I think most people coming out of college or leaving their parents' house or making that first big transition, there is some element of stability in that life is still going. <laughs> and people are still at the grocery store and jobs are hiring. And it was so weird to walk into a world that was laying off people and a world that wasn't gathering, a world that wasn't really inclusive at all because how could you be exclusive or how could you be inclusive and healthy at the very start of covid it was all separation and whatnot and it's weird to think that there are only a very select few people in the world who understand what it's like to be launched into that world it's it wasn't easy and it's hard to talk about because everybody has their own sorrows their own losses their own experiences with covid and yet i think a lot of people in other life stages had more stability had homes that they were living in and expected to stay living in had children had parents had some type of thing to cling on to and for me i had to find a new place to live in and rent a house and figure out if i was going to be able to stay in that house it was so incredibly unstable not only in what the world was doing but in the life i was given i had three jobs and all three of them were connected to the college so when the college went went down shut down there was no more income um, it's just it's crazy to think about that season of life and I was remembering something that my friend said she said this in the middle of our semester our COVID semester that was anything but normal she said at this time everyone is in need of so much so much grace and we're all asking for so much grace from everybody else but all of us have so much less grace to give. We have so little to give to other people because we're all just in this weird survival mindset and mode. And so everyone is needing more and everyone is more depleted and unable to give. And it was so profound to me to hear they just hear her articulate that I think so well because I think there are a lot of times in life where when we are low when we don't have much in the tank when we are burnt out from work when we are in a friend or familial crisis we have 
such a higher need for grace and such a lower capacity to give it out. And I know that in the midst of COVID and in my life, um, just after COVID, I had a huge need for grace. I was in mourning for a lot of things. I was in shock for a lot of things. I was in transition for so many things. I moved my life 4,000 miles from my home um, on a different continent entirely. (laughs) Um, And I was in therapy, which was a wonderful thing. And I think that therapy is one of the best gifts I've ever been given. The chance to unpack deep hurt and wounds and the chance to look into the places where I am unhealthy and my coping mechanisms are toxic and impacting other people and and the ways in which I needed so much more grace um, than the average person. And grace is hard to give. It is so hard to give because everyone always has something and everyone is always in need of grace and going through therapy is hard and it's hard when you're in the midst of therapy and you're learning about these coping mechanisms and healing patterns and toxic traits and then you start recognizing them in yourself and in other people (laughs) and going through therapy is such a good thing but it also can make just being in relationship with other people so much harder and when i studied communication i took this class called communication theory and the first day of class my professor told us she said this class will drastically improve your understanding of people and it will destroy your life (laughs) we were like what and what she meant by that was because you now are aware of all of these different theories and human behavioral tactics and all these different things, you are going to see them show up constantly. And you will never be able to just walk through life and experience an interaction, a conversation, a moment without understanding or trying to analyze or make sense of these theories that are in play and so wisdom is a beautiful thing and knowledge and those are things I seek and I want and I pray that the Lord will give me but wisdom and knowledge is also hard to hold when you have a a type of of wisdom that is so people specific and something that's not commonly known because it it can be easy to see issues and faults and understand the root of them and other people just don't know and it's it's part of the reason why i am such an advocate for um, emotional intelligence and studying communication and studying psychology because it is so helpful to understand why we do what we do, where did our instincts come from, how does our culture shape who we are, how did our parents shape who we are. And we have all of these things that for better or worse have hugely impacted us. We have this concept of what is normal 
And um, it's so different than what anyone else lives in or thinks or <laughs> even your siblings. I can sit down and, and recall a memory and talk to my siblings and they have very different things that they remember from that moment because of what they pick up on, what they value, what mattered to them, what hurt them, what healed them, you know? And so I think when it comes to grace, within that, you have to understand that not everyone knows what you know, and that's not a bad thing. And my prof at the beginning of that class said, in some ways, ignorance is bliss. And there is a comfort to not having to overanalyze or know all these theories or live and see people do things and just not be able to just tell them. And it's part of why I could never be a therapist because I would just get so frustrated. <laughs> I'd be like, don't you understand this theory? But no, they don't. They don't know it. Um, and so I don't know it either, but that doesn't mean that we should seek ignorance. I think it means that in gaining knowledge, it's so important to not hold other people to the same knowledge that you have. It's to not expect them to know what you know, to not expect them to understand the way their behavior or tendencies is impacting other people. Because as someone who has studied it, like a, a therapist or a psychologist, they hear what someone's saying and they, they understand the underlying issue. They understand the triggers that are taking place and, and whatnot that is happening below the surface, surface that the person who's experiencing or reacting might not necessarily understand or see yet. And that's why we have professionals to help us navigate that because we're not trained to do that. <laughs> um, but I think what's so important carrying on with this train of thought is in interacting with non-believers and in not holding them to the standard that we as Christians subscribe to and believe and have made our um, values and our foundation for who we are and, and what we see the world as. Because I think that Christianity often gets a bad rap for judgment. And I see it a lot. I see so much judgment from believers towards non-believers for their lifestyle choices. And this is obviously more of a blanket statement. I'm not making a statement about any specific individual or the church as a whole, like... Um, or, a, sorry, a, un a unique church or any... I'm not commenting on any specific situation or person. Um, but I think oftentimes when we know the truth, when we know who God is, when we know the rules he put in place for us, that he did out of love for us, that he did because he wants the best for us, he wants us to be healthy and to know him and to share the gospel from a place of just such deep, rich adoration of his character that we can't help but share it, that it spills forth from us. And that is, is who I believe God has called us to be. But I think so often um, people can 
and I have fallen into this at times as well. I'm not trying to say I'm faultless in this at all, so don't hear that, but I think it's easy for believers to cast judgment on non-believers for more hot topic conversations in the world um, because we expect them to do what we do and it's it is not a healthy way to interact with the outside world I don't believe because that is not coming from a place of love that is coming from a place of judgment and in the same way that when I was going through so much change at the beginning of COVID and and trying to figure all this out and going through therapy, I was in need of so much grace. I think that's the same for people who don't know the gospel, who don't know who Jesus is. They are in need of so much grace, of so much love, because they've, they've, they don't know. They're living in darkness, and it's not our place to judge them or to condemn them. It's our place to walk with them and show them the love of Christ. Because if you think of Jesus, he came and walked with the lowly. He didn't come and sit with the Pharisees. He came and he he sat with the beggars. He, he <laughs> at the woman at the well, he comes and he talks to her and he treats her like a human, which is more than just what anyone else was doing. And if that is the actions of our savior, our role model, how much more so should we be loving and speaking to and interacting with and making an effort to befriend and um, walk alongside non-believers. Something I see a lot is Christians being very comfortable in their believer circle having their Christian friends and their church friends and living in a world that is just surrounded by other Christians. And I am not telling you to abandon your Christian friends. <laughs> Christian friends are a beautiful thing. Iron sharpens iron and, and we are meant to sharpen each other and walk together in our faith. But we are not called to just live in a little circle. We are called to expand out. We are called to spread the word and to love others and specifically love others who don't believe um, who don't know the gospel and that is the beautiful call i think of the of the christian and the call christ put on us at the end of matthew um, to go and make disciples of all nations and i think that in in these seasons where we are in need of grace and we are also in need of giving grace um, and I think that grace is such a beautiful thing and it's such a hard thing and it's such a pretty word for such a difficult reality. I've been struck very recently that so many words that sound pretty are so hard. Like the phrase choosing joy. <laughs> you see it on so many t-shirts. You see it all over where it's just this lovely concept of choosing joy, thinking about the good things and and living in moments of delight, that is such a, a hard thing. It can be a heartbreaking thing to choose joy in the midst of deep sorrow, but it sounds so happy. I don't know, there are so many pretty words for such hard realities. Um, 
And I think healing is one of those words. And I think grace is one of those words. It's such a nice sounding thing, but such a difficult thing to enact. So this week, I hope you give yourself grace. I hope you give others grace. And I hope you walk through each day knowing that you live as a result of the grace of Christ. And God, you live and are able to be reunited with him in heaven because of grace. So therefore, how much more should you give? That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with a whole new topic, a whole new thing to discuss. Um, If you have any things you want to talk about or share, you can shoot me an Instagram on DM. Oh, that was not the saying. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. There it is. at s.spacic or at holy interruptions podcast i can respond to both i love hearing from you i love hearing your thoughts and continuing the conversation so with that said have a lovely week